the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's a trivia question for you. How many of Jesus' 12 disciples were married? I don't have any idea. But we do know that one of them must have been, either was or had been, because today in the Gospel lesson we have Jesus' healing of Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So if you have a mother-in-law, you, you probably were married. I don't know about the rest of them. Anyway, the story is that she was deathly ill with a fever. Jesus went up and he took her by the hand and he healed her. And then she went downstairs and served the meal. And <laughs> many years ago, uh, a woman rather cynically said to me, is that the only reason he healed her so she could cook supper for him? And I said, no, that's, that's a misunderstanding of that culture. That actually meant, as the eldest woman in the family, it was her honor to be able to serve the honored guest. And so Jesus actually restored her to her position of honor in the family. So he didn't just cure her disease, he healed her social position in the family and in the community. And that's what Jesus was always about. He was always about not just cure, but he wanted people to be healed, to have wholeness and health physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually and socially. He wanted whole people. That's what the word for healing comes from, wholeness. And he was all, all about that. A number of years ago when I was working in the hospital, I would be called up to uh, rooms as a chaplain regularly and people wanted me to pray for healing for their family members, their loved ones, their friends. And so we would do that. And I remember very vividly going up to one room and the, the husband and father was, was very, very sick. And um, I had prayer for him. And I'll bet it wasn't five minutes after that he was dead. And I thought to myself, oh, great. And the family calls me up for a prayer of healing. And now the Lutheran chaplain has killed him, you know. Uh, but to my surprise, they did not react that way at all. They were a very faithful family, and after a few tears, the wife turned to me, and she said, thank you, chaplain, for your prayer of healing, because now he is healed. So sometimes healing doesn't come in the way we natu naturally kind of think about it. Sometimes healing comes even through death. And we know we've had a lot of funerals over this past month, and I think about the people we have lost, but in every case... I think to myself, now they are healed. Good for them. So there's a difference between cure and healing. Cure is just the physiological part gets fixed. But healing includes the whole person and in all facets of their life. We are people who get sick readily. And uh, I, I was able to sit in some medical conferences and one of the, the ones that I remember the most is uh, a study out of Harvard Medical School and Washington University. And they said that 85% of the diseases that we get as human beings are caused directly or indirectly as a result of stress. That there is uh, a, a hormone in our body, cortisol, that when we are stressed, this cortisol is excreted into our body and it gets us ready for fight or flight. But the downside of that is that it also lowers our immune system. And when our immune system is not, is not 
there is compromised, we will fall ill to illnesses that we would normally throw off because of our immune system. So stress really, really can kill as well as make us very sick. So the question then is, what are the stress factors that we have that we can't do anything about? And what are some of them that we can do something about? Certainly, Jesus knew that living in a broken, sinful, fallen world, we're not going to be able to avoid all stress. And I can tell you that from my own experience. But there are some things we don't have to have. Like, we, we don't have to have this tremendous need to succeed, whatever that is. We don't have to have this perfectionism. I do things better than everybody else to put off the dreaded day when people discover I'm really not good enough. We don't have to uh, do some of the things we do in relationships that cause uh, resentment and hold on to that and accept what others say uh, about us or to us. We don't have to hang on to that. We, we're in charge of our own feelings. We don't have to be mad at stuff. We can choose to be understanding. There's things that we can do to avoid stress. We can do the right things, which usually keeps us from feeling guilt, which is very stressful. There's a lot of things we can do to cut down on our stress. And then there's other things that we can't do. Jesus was very clear on how that went. He knew that there were stress factors in life. And if we want to learn how to deal with them, we can take a page out of the healer's book. And that is in our text for today. It said that uh, there were people coming to Jesus from all over to be healed. Jesus had gotten a big name as a healer. And we know in the Gospel of Mark, there are more healing miracles there than in any of the other Gospels. Jesus is on a breakneck pace of doing these healings. And it's taking a lot out of him. The man with the unclean spirit, the man with the withered hand, the paralytic, Peter's mother-in-law, five, six other healings, boom, 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 right in a row. Whew. And so Jesus knows how to handle this. The next day after the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, the disciples are looking for him. They say, where have you been? People are ready. People are lined up. They're ready for healing. You know, they're looking for you. And, Jesus, and it says, our text says, Jesus, while it was yet dark, early in the morning, had gone out to a deserted place to pray. Jesus knew that if he was going to face this kind of stressful schedule he was going to have to have more power than he had jesus didn't heal all these people and and raise from the dead with his own power he did it with the power of the father remember when when he raised lazarus from the dead first he had this long prayer that said father thank you for hearing me i know you always hear me but I, i'm saying this for the sake of those people around me please help me with this and then he raised lazarus from the dead he was doing that with the power of the father not his own power jesus was not superman but he was God's man, and that's what made a difference. And he, and he was plugged into the power source of God every day. Every day he knew in order to function, he was going to have to get power from outside of himself. So he was plugged in, praying, talking to God, meditating, listening to God every day. This happened to me this week. I, um, something similar. I picked up my cell phone to take it with me, and then later on I went to make a call, and it was dead. And I thought to myself, well, that's, that's crazy, because I had it plugged in, I had the adapter, I had it plugged in all night. So I went home, and I looked, and in moving the wood box around, I had pulled the plug out of the wall. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> I had nothing. I was not plugged into the power source. And as Christians, 
Sometimes we do the same thing. We're not plugged into the power source because we're not praying. We're not meditating. We don't have a specific time. We don't have a quiet place. We just, you know, hope that God will be there and take care of everything without any conversation, which he will try to do, but it goes better if you chat once in a while. And so sometimes we, as Christians, we, we kind of think, well, I... I I remember prayer and meditation. We talked about it in confirmation class, and they, they bring it up at church and stuff. So, yeah, I, I know all that stuff. about. But we don't do it, which is kind of like sitting down at the supper table saying, oh, food again? We had food the last meal. Uh, I'll just remember food, and then I'll be okay. You can't remember food. You've got to ingest it. You've got to take it in. You can't just remember prayer and meditation is out there. You've got to do it. You've got to be plugged into the power source or you don't have the power. It's that simple. And so sometimes we go along, and I've done it, I know I've done it, where we um, don't really communicate that well until we have a problem. And then all of a sudden, then we want the Lord to hear us. We're in a crisis, we got our tail in a crack in some way, and then we want God to bail us out of that. And uh, that's kind of like if you have a friend and the only time you call them is when you want something from them, that doesn't go as good in the relationship. It really doesn't. And yet, and yet even at that, our God is such a sucker for us, or another way of saying that is gracious and loving, is such a sucker for us that he listens to us anyway. Even when we ignore him, we are faithless, he is faithful. We slap him in the face, he pats us on the head. It, he's, he's, I don't know, he's, yeah, that's why he's God, and I'm not. Because he still is faithful to us. And so we remember today that it's always better to keep a good relationship with God. The stress factors that we have in life are tremendous. And Jesus wore too, but he knew how to handle it. The prayer and meditation every day, staying plugged into the power source. It is a medicine without any side effects. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.